0: the truth news network covid critical race compliance mandates and conflicting stories about it all mask vaccine no the truth shall set you free tnn the truth news network with your host dan newman
1: aren't you glad that we have truth that we can use to set us free There's so much misinformation out there, folks. There's so many things that are purposely, grossly misrepresented, trying to get us to think one thing or another while rejecting something else that uh, people don't want us to think about. Good morning. How are you doing? How was your first day of the week? Can you believe we're approaching the middle of July? We're just two days away from being half over. In July of 2021 this this year just seems like it's flown by compared to last year when COVID-19 had us locked down and it was like time dragged not so much this year and boy in the context of a lot of things happening around the world it really did seem like it dragged compared to this folks I mean it's roaring Information, details, news stories, happenings from around the world, they just flood our marketplace of ideas every day. And in the midst of all of that, what we're doing is missing some of the really important things in life because they don't want us to look at, examine those things, or even think about them. What they want us to do is just listen. We've got all the news. Speaking of that, let me tell you what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about in just a moment. We're going to visit um, the truth about a lot of things regarding Hunter Biden. There are a couple of, I mean, blockbuster stories that have come out in the Hunter Biden story things that are about not Hunter, but about Joe, President Joe. We're going to get into that. Also, President Trump released a letter publicly it was a letter from former Attorney General William Barr and it wasn't addressed to President Trump it's addressed to someone else and the former AG is imploring the person he sent this letter to to push to not investigate the happenings on January 6th nor the election last November interesting And, of course, dominating the news. Cuba. Folks down in Cuba are lashing out en masse against communism. And it's comical what you're going to hear come out of our White House as the reasoning for the Cuban people revolting. They're not there yet, but they're really close to another revolution. A lot of other things happening out on the West Coast. Something really, really funny. California Governor Gavin Newsom has messed up once again, and this one may be costly for him. That and a whole lot more this morning on TNN Live. Of course, what we want you to do is join the show. When you hear something you want to talk about, discuss, ask questions about, grab the phone and just call us toll free eight six six three seven 866-37-TRUTH. That's 866-378-7884. Why don't we get right to it? New numbers just out minutes ago consumer price index they do this every week or so well it's not good news for Americans the consumer price index rose five and a half percent compared with a year ago that's according to the Department of Labor early this morning on a monthly basis it rose 0.9 percent which is nearly twice as much as expected core inflation which leaves out the volatile food and energy categories it rose 0.9% compared with 12 months ago and 0.9% compared with may now what does all this mean it means inflation folks inflation we've been warning you our government has pooped it talked about it very little while economists are watching very closely because we've just we've found ourselves living in a society where we take for granted that you can go to the bank and get a dirt-cheap loan, you can get a mortgage on your home in the one-point-something percentage rate. We've just taken it for granted. Things have been so good for four or five years. It's not looking very good, folks. Economists had expected the Labor Department to report that consumer prices rose about half a point in June compared with May down a tick even from 0.6% initially reported last month. Well, the forecast was for a 5% gain when measured against June a year ago, which would have been tied with May. Inflation, inflation has come in above what they thought was going to happen now for three months consecutively. The June monthly figures are the highest since June of 2008, Wow, when prices jumped 1% in a single month. So what does this mean? Prices of used cars and trucks, they're going up dramatically, increasing 10.5% last month. And this accounted for one-third of the seasonally adjusted all-items increase. The food index increased 0.8%. In, we're talking about one month with these numbers, folks. 0.8% in June an acceleration of prices from the 0.4% increase in May. The energy index increased 1.5% in June. That's an annualized basis, folks, of 18%. Gasoline index rising 2.5% in one month. And if you can't do the math, you don't have enough fingers, that's a 30% annualized gas price increase, 30%. So what does that mean? Well, the Feds are looking at it, the Federal Reserve. They're the ones that determine the cost of money, and they base it almost entirely on the Consumer Price Index. So the Fed, along with Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, they've said they think this rapid rise in the cost of living will probably taper off later this year. So the year-to-year numbers are boosted by what the economists called a base effect. And I'm not trying to be too deep and get into the weeds. I just want you to understand this is not just a little blip. This is not just something that's bubbling under the surface of our economy. Folks, we're looking at a staggering Jimmy Carter inflation. Do you remember those years? I can't forget them. One really good reason I can't forget them our youngest daughter was born the day Jimmy Carter was elected president in 1976, November 2nd. That's pretty much the only really good thing that happened that day. Jimmy Carter elected president, and he rode the inflation bubble along with many of us that were around. And the bubble got the, um, the interest rate in America, the prime lending rate, up to 20%. 20%. People were taking out mortgages on homes who could afford them, and they were paying 15% rates, car finance rates, went through the roof, prices at the grocery store were incredible. We're looking at a similar thing. When uh, Jimmy Carter was elected president, when he took office in mid-January of 77, this wasn't happening then. It happened as His economics rolled out in the nation and around the world. And it didn't take long. But you know what? It took longer than this president's looking like his is going to take. It took Carter a year. Biden's done what he's doing here and we're talking about right now in just six months. Not even six months. Let's see. February, March, April, May. Yeah, six months. He's done this. A great six months. And you and I are looking down the barrel of massive inflation. So we just thought we'd bring that out to you. Put that out of the way. While well, we've got a lot of other things that aren't more important, but equally important. Here's something that I guarantee you haven't heard about. Mainstream media won't even touch this. News is broken on Friday that nobody else that I've seen picked up. It was broken by the Federalist. They got evidence out of Georgia that shows that more than 10,300 Georgia voters, now remember that number, Joe Biden won the state of Georgia by 12,500 votes. Facts have been documented and verified that prove, this is called evidence, more than 10,300 Georgia voters voted illegally in the 2020 general election. Corporate and government media, they focused on that day. Democrats called to ditch the filibuster. This was on Friday. This is when the story was published by the Federalists. Mainstream media went after get rid of the filibuster, get rid of it, and to push through HR1, the so-called For the People Act. And the White House's announcement that Biden would travel to Philadelphia on Tuesday to discuss actions to protect the sacred constitutional right to vote. So they're just going on and on and on about all these little things that they're pushing that aren't really little things, but they're diversions to keep Americans' focus away from the factual things. A little bitty thing. There's no widespread voter fraud anywhere. And just in one look-see, not even a total look-see, just one, evidence was found that showed 10,300 Georgia voters voted illegally. So how how many more did? What's being done about it? What's the Department of Justice doing about it? Interesting, huh? Interesting. I'm looking for a story now that I want to bring to you. Um. Where did, Where did it go? Where did it go? Here it is. The letter I told you about. Trump yesterday released a letter that he got from a former federal prosecutor in the state of Pennsylvania last month. Think of that. Think about it. that's last month. Last month, former Attorney General William Barr wrote a letter to this federal federal prosecutor in Pennsylvania. His name is William McSwain. He served as the chief federal law enforcement officer in the Eastern District of Pennsylvania from April 2018 to January of 21. And he wrote this letter to Trump dated June 9th, outlining some allegations. Listen to this, folks. U.S. attorney from the Eastern District of Pennsylvania was precluded from investigating election fraud allegations Outrageous. This is Trump. He's introducing this letter from McSwain. McSwain, in his letter to the former president, to Donald Trump, he expressed his discontent with the instructions he received from Attorney General Barr following that presidential election last November. The letter said, quote, President Trump, you were right to be upset about the way Democrats ran the 2020 election in Pennsylvania. On election day and afterwards, he said, our office received a bunch of allegations of voter fraud and election irregularities. As part of my responsibilities as U.S. Attorney, I wanted to be transparent with the public and of course investigate fully any allegations. Attorney General Barr, however, instructed me not to make any public statements or put out any press releases regarding possible election irregularities. He said, I was also given a directive to pass along serious allegations to the state attorney general for investigation. The same attorney general who had already declared that you, Donald Trump, could not win. So days before the presidential election a year ago, Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro wrote on Twitter that Trump is going to lose if all the votes were added up. In Pennsylvania. McSwain said that while he disagreed with that decision, he did as instructed, as those were my orders. He added, As a Marine infantry officer, I was trained to follow the chain of command and to respect the orders of my superiors, even when I disagree with them. In December, former A.G. Barr told the Associated Press that the U.S. Justice Department had uncovered no evidence of voter fraud on a scale that could have affected a different outcome in the election. A month before that, Barr had issued a directive to U.S. attorneys around the nation authorizing them to probe any substantial allegations of voter irregularities. And that was before the certification of the presidential election. Interesting, huh? Conservatives thought that that attorney general, when Donald Trump appointed him to replace Jeff Sessions that Attorney General William Barr was going to be a safe bet that we would see real constitutional law being enforced by the Department of Justice, something that seems to have slipped away in large. Folks, I'll just be honest with you. The FBI is off the charts over the hill. The Department of Justice is right beside them. And it seems like this began a long time ago, even while Donald Trump was in the White House. In fact, probably that very thing is what set up and perpetrated both of those impeachment trials and the Mueller investigation. Isn't it interesting that we don't find about any of these things until after the fact when we could have prevented, probably, maybe not, but maybe in part, we could have prevented some of this stuff. Oh well, so it's only 10,300 illegal votes in Georgia, they found so far. (laughs) I told you about Hunter Biden and the infamous laptop that was found. Let me just say this, I'd forgotten what mainstream media were talking about when this laptop's revelation came into the open market they were saying everything you can imagine about that laptop it wasn't hunter biden's laptop one sycophant on msnbc and i forget which guy it was but he was gleefully on a microphone on air and he was talking about what really happened and one of his cohorts said do you really think the russians had anything to do with this laptop and he just immediately weaved this web of the way this could have happened. This is how the Russians do it. Listen to what I'm telling you. They'll take a laptop. They'll replicate all kinds of messages and bogus pictures. They'll change people's faces in software and pictures that they put in this. This was all manufactured and put together. Not only did this guy say that, his compadres that were on the panel, they just benignly accepted it as probability. That it really happened. Folks, there are hundreds of thousands of pictures and emails. And many of those have been verified by the people that received these texts and emails. But that doesn't matter. That's the truth. And the truth in this whole thing is immaterial. In just a moment, you're going to hear John Solomon. John Solomon probably the greatest investigator reported in our lifetime. He was on yesterday talking about it. But Peter Schweitzer, you remember him? He's written several books. His organization has been really deep diving into all of this Hunter Biden stuff. Yesterday, Schweitzer was on the Hannity Show. And he said, we do have a copy, by the way, of Hunter Biden's laptop hard drive and all the files. It confirms that Joe Biden was a direct beneficiary of all of the good things that Hunter was involved in. He explained on The Hannity Show how his organization cross-referenced Secret Service travel logs during Joe Biden's tenure as VP, and that corroborated the authenticity of Hunter Biden's emails. GAI, which is his... Company Government Accountability Institute, GAI asked, how can we demonstrate whether the emails are real? We already have. For example, Hunter Secret Service travel records. They were released by Senator Ron Johnson's committee. And these are the official records that show the Secret Service travel with Hunter to this location, to that location, etc., all around the world. So GAI asked do the emails on Hunter Biden's laptop correspond with the travel records? If our email references that Hunter is in Dubai on a certain date, does that line up with the Secret Service travel records? And they did. Absolutely 100%. So there's no question. Of course, also, Hunter hasn't denied it. But there's no question that the laptop emails are 100% accurate and correspond directly with existing material, and the information is devastating. So in the process of investigating its copies of all these found on Hunter's laptop, he said GAI's forthcoming reports on the laptop's content will expose disastrous dimensions of the Biden family. He said, we're in the middle of the investigation now. But by the end of the year, it'll be completed. It'll take on a far more sinister tone than it has even now in terms of what it says about the Biden family and all that they did. Hannity asked him, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad are the coming revolution, revelations from this laptop? Schweitzer added, the coming revelations, based on what we are in the middle of right now, on a scale of one to ten, and you know, Sean, I'm pretty cautious about this stuff. Frankly, the scale is at an eleven. It's that bad. It's that bad. How bad is it? It's even worse than what you just heard. I'm 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 serious, folks, and we're not through yet. As I told you, John Solomon is up next. You're gonna hear him with even more information that his organization has uncovered about this laptop. We have a president, a sitting president, that is being implicated every day more and more in massive illegalities and corrupt actions. Sit tight. Unforgettable. What you are L'air
0: du temps perfume Like the memory of a beautiful song Lingers on And on L'air du temps perfume The classic French fragrance That you can wear anywhere Anytime Makes you unforgettable L'air du temps perfume By Nina Ricci
2: New Dunkin' Refreshers. Vibrant fruit flavors like
0: strawberry dragon fruit and peach passion fruit. B vitamins and energy from green tea. All under 200 calories. Order ahead via the Dunkin' app for contactless way to order, pay, and pick up in the drive-thru. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.
2: See the bold new expression of sporty style. Hear the amazing quietness of a truly luxurious cabin. Feel the exceptional horsepower and amazing torque and experience greater acceleration than ever before. Behold, the most powerful sedan in its class. The new Toyota Camry. Real power, absolute performance. Discover the new Camry at toyota.com.my
3: Drinking water is essential to your health. That's why you need to drink plenty of water to keep you hydrated throughout the day. Unlike power drinks or soft drinks, water is truly the only drink that can quench your thirst. It's an easy, refreshing way to keep your body healthy and strong. Freshen up today with a brisk,
4: cool bottle of water.
1: In the
0: clown car of the deep state, you will never find a greater den of scum and villainy. You need a hero. Here again, blaster
1: in hand, is Dan Newman. (laughs) I love that bump. The clown car of the deep state. And here I am with blaster in hand. I can tell you, it better be a big, 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 big car. Because there is a bunch of corrupt folks that need to be inside that clown car. O-M-G. Well, you just heard that report from Schweitzer. And the information that he and his organization have gotten off of that, uh, laptop, that Hunter Biden laptop. It's just been crazy to listen to how these people act and talk. They have no substance, no investigative skills, no desire to dig for themselves and find evidence. They call themselves reporters folks. Now let me tell you what a real reporter does. A real journalist digs, investigates, goes and find facts. You know how CNN and MSNBC and even the New York Post and Was- uh, New York Times and Washington Post—you know how they do this—they set up a syndicate for every major story among themselves, and you've always wondered about these massive numbers of anonymous sources. And then you hear say, "Well, unnamed sources," or "On the basis of anonymity, this person told us this." Let me tell you how that works. It starts like this. The night before, there'll be something in the wind. So somebody at CNN, one of the um, editors, managing editors, comes up with an idea. Why don't we do a story on this? Well, we don't have any sources. We haven't had anybody come forward. It's still floating around out there. So they just make up this plan. And they do it again and again. And we have been told this by journalists who leave these networks and newspapers because they're disgusted because they're manufacturing news stories. Here's what they do. One of them will be the first out with a story. Like CNN will say, it's reported this morning that Bill ate an apple. More news later on. That's CNN. So 30 minutes later, MSNBC. One news outlet has reported that Bill ate an apple. And so then it went from CNN to MSNBC. And then it goes back to CNN, and they say, they report now, that earlier report that we told you about Bill eating an apple, multiple sources have now confirmed it is fact. So it makes it all sound legitimate. At first, they didn't even mention a source. They said there's a news report out that says, and then it's been confirmed, and then multiple sources have confirmed it. It's just a circle of those news agencies that are trying to replicate their legitimacy in fact when all they're doing is manufacturing stories and telling us lies don't pooh me for telling you that's how it happens first of all if you're going to be a credible journalist you will always get a first-hand source Always, You do not report a story. You do not denigrate someone. You don't throw information and facts, so-called facts, out into the marketplace until there's confirmation. If you're really a journalist. If you're not, if you're a a reporter for a rag, you don't report. You create stories. And then you put them out as if that's going to be what makes them legitimate. Just because it's you, it's your institution like your cable news outlet or your newspaper, and because you're a journalist and your newspaper or your network television is what it is, that means everybody's going to automatically believe you. Wow. So what about this Hunter Biden laptop and more of the same stuff, these crazy non-sources that say all this stuff? Well, Greg Kelly on Newsmax had... John Solomon, on with him. Now, there are some really deep dive details in this. Listen very closely to Greg Kelly and John Solomon.
5: I'd like to bring in John Solomon, founder of Just The News and one of the greatest journalists in the country, Fearless, by the way, and a Newsmax contributor. John, welcome, how are you? It's a pleasure to be with you, Greg. So, tell us a little bit about why Hunter would be paying Joe Biden's bills. It might seem kind of uh, unusual at first glance, but I I understand that this actually was a pattern that may have extended for many, many years.
6: There there are certainly suggestions in the emails on his laptop, and we've done a lot of due diligence on this laptop, we've identified, more than a thousand people who got emails uh, that are on this laptop and confirmed with them that those are legitimate emails. Yes, those things occurred. So there's not any doubt this is Hunter Biden's laptop anymore. Uh, These are authentic emails. And what you see is many times when he's talking to family and close business associates, he's lamenting the fact that he had to pay dad's bills or the big guy's bills. And uh, this period begins, I think the first email we see is around 2013, And they go all the way into 2017, 2018, where he's talking about setting aside a 10% interest in one of his Chinese investments for the big guy, obviously referring to, to Joe Biden. And listen, on the flip side of this, what started two years ago with these strong denials by the Biden team that we never helped Hunter Biden on any business, well, that's fallen apart too. Joe Biden was showing up, meeting people, whether it was Burisma executives, Chinese executives, Other executives, Mexican executives, that when Hunter Biden was courting them for business, Joe Biden shows up in photos, emails, meetings. Uh, This was a symbiotic relationship if Hunter Biden's emails are an accurate account of what was going on. And that should trouble us all for two reasons. The Biden team and the president on down have not told us the truth. And two, it creates an enormous portrait of a conflict of interest, the very reason why I started reporting on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden in 2019. This created an appearance of a conflict of interest. It undercut uh, confidence in the State Department and the Biden administration. Speaking of portraits, I just saw the most bizarre Father-son portrait
5: ever. I don't know what they were thinking when they took this picture, but I want to go on to Joe Biden's neighbor, the former FBI director Louis Free. You're familiar with these the the email back and forth. Louis Free wanted to give the uh, a Hunter, I'm sorry, a Biden family trust $100,000. This is for the children of Beau Biden. Beau, of course, is deceased. that is a lot of money. It kind of seems like it's from out of the blue. Um, Why would Louis Free uh, want to give this kind of money to the Bidens? And what might he expect in return?
6: Well, that is a great question. And One of the problems with these trusts is that there isn't visibility into them. We weren't allowed to see what was coming into them. We now know that Burisma, the corrupt Ukrainian company where Hunter Biden, well, they gave $20,000 to to uh, the Beau Biden Foundation as part of this. There were lots of people trying to donate around and after the death, the tragic death of Beau Biden. uh, And the question always remains, are they doing it because they just wanna be charitable or do they have a business interest? Right now, we haven't fully identified a business interest. Louis Free. Uh, I can tell you that back in the day when Louis Free was FBI director, he had a lot of tension with Democrats, particularly in the Clinton White House, where he battled the Clinton White House often. Uh, we didn't know of any prior relationship with Joe Biden. Uh, we're still digging into it. But again, all of these secret things that should have been out and open, they were all hidden from us. And the truth of the matter is, Hunter Biden has been in the political version uh, of a witness protection program for a very long time. The media, big tech, Democrats in Congress, the government agencies have all tried to hide the very outlandish efforts that Hunter Biden has done to make money for himself and his family.
5: Well, this is perhaps the most outlandish. Um, His foray into the art world at 51, we're finding out that uh, Hunter Biden is the new Banksy. And uh, well, we've talked to some art critics and let's show you the art. It's no good. Uh, Nobody who knows anything about art seems to be impressed with this. Yes, you can find a a critic somewhere, probably buy them off and they'll say something nice about it. But the people who know, and I don't know how the heck he's creating this thing with that pipe. Um, What's actually going on here? A lot of folks suspect that this just might be yet another way to get money to the Bidens.
6: Listen, I think Hunter Biden said it himself best when he was on that ABC interview. A lot of things came my way because of my last name. That's probably the most honest statement he's made in the last five years. Listen, he had no gas and oil experience. He lands on the board of Barisma, making $83,000 a month. He doesn't appear to be a very accomplished artist, and yet they're now looking at uh, people buying between $30,000 and $500,000 per portrait. And right now, talking about that witness protection program, right? The White House Ethics Council appears to be trying to find a way to hide the names of the people who are going to buy this art. That's a red flag. Transparency is what we demand of our elected officials and their families when they get to the highest office, the president. And now Hunter Biden and the White House are trying to hide who's paying these outrageous amounts of money for this art that a lot of people aren't very impressed with.
5: Well, you mentioned that interview on ABC, which was supposed to be the definitive interview, and he acknowledged the Biden name, but he was also proud of his uh, credentials. Let's take a look at that, please. What were your qualifications to be on the board of Burisma?
7: Well, I was vice chairman of the board of Amtrak for five years. I was the chairman of the board of the UN World Food Program. I was a lawyer for Bois, Schiller, Flexner, one of the most prestigious law firms in the world.
6: You didn't have any extensive knowledge about natural gas or Ukraine itself, though.
7: Uh, no, but I think that I had as much knowledge as anybody else that was on the board, if not Sorry. more.
6: In the list that you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the of vice course. president. Of course, yeah,
7: no. Uh,
6: what I, role do you think that played? I
7: think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States.
5: There's one more I want to play for you, John, where he seems to acknowledge He's a bit more forthrightly that the name is opens all the doors. Take a look at this.
7: They saw my name as gold. And one of the reasons that they did was this. Right at that period of time, the Russians had invaded and taken Crimea. And they were after the natural resources and the pipeline. And I know that Burisma wanted to do one thing, is that they wanted to create a bulwark against that Russian aggression. They knew that they had to expand internationally and into other sectors in order to be able to diversify and protect themselves. And the Biden name is synonymous with democracy and
6: transparency.
5: Did you know that? It was synonymous with democracy and transparency,
6: John? Well, in Hunter Biden's mind, it apparently was. For most of us who've covered this story for the last years, it seems to be synonymous with corruption and ethical conflicts of interest. And those aren't my words. Those are the words that State Department officials gave in depositions when they were interviewed by Senator Grassley and Ron Johnson and their staffs. They said that what Hunter Biden did in Burisma undercut the American effort to fight corruption in Ukraine. It created a conflict of interest. Those are the words of the people who were working for Joe Biden at the time. And yet, when we first started reporting on this and we went through the Ukraine impeachment, we were all wagged off as crazy conspiracy theorists. There's no there there. Now we know. He was under investigation for tax evasion. He was uh, creating a conflict of interest. He was undercutting U.S. policy. Uh, What a difference a couple of years make. If we had had all that information during the first impeachment trial, I think the House impeachment managers would have been laughed out of the Senate.
1: So what you heard there did not come from um, an obscure news organization down in Louisiana. It came from John Solomon, who got this information directly from the sources in Washington, D.C. John Solomon is the epitome of a real journalist, someone who's an investigative reporter who digs and digs and digs and does not ever release any type of report either written on his website, Just the News, or reported on uh, Newsmax. You just heard him with Greg Kelly. They uh, broadcast their studios, Newsmax, are in New York. A lot of uh, information in that interview to unpack, but let's just boil it down to this, folks. It is obvious that this President of the United States um, has been, I, don't, I have no idea, and I don't want to implicate him in any current wrongdoing in regard to anything to do with his uh, with his son, But nevertheless, it is very obvious that while Joe Biden was vice president, his pocket was being filled with a bunch of money from foreign entities and foreign people, even foreign governments, for work that wasn't really work. So if you don't work for somebody doing a specific job, especially another government or any government, if you don't have a specific eight to five job to do there, what are you getting paid to do? These people in Russia and China, um, Ukraine, that spend all these monies, folks, the environment over there is a little bit different than in what we at least think it's like here in the United States. They're always looking for quid pro quo. You don't get anything unless you give something. So Joe, through Hunter, got a bunch of money. The Biden family syndicate got a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of money for a lot of things, and very few, if any, of those things are tangible. So what's going on? What is the quid pro quo equation in all of this stuff? That, my friends, is the thing that we've got to get to the bottom of. We have to. We're at a point now where if we don't get control of this slip away from justice, away from transparency about and from everybody in our government, if we don't get away from that, we're going to turn into exactly what we ran away, our forefathers did, from Europe to get over here to get away from, where the government controls every aspect of our lives. We can't do anything without their permission. They tell us what something is all about and then we find out it's not really all about that they lie to us they give us false information and we're supposed to sit here and just take it sit here and shut up I guess maybe sometimes it would be better if we just did that just sat there and shut up Didn't say anything, didn't look for anything, just benignly listen to what Joe Biden and his administration tell us is true, listen to what they tell us is false, make our decisions in our lives directly tied to what they tell us? I don't think so. What's interesting, there's so much more going on in the world around us not far from here. Have you kept up with what's happening in Cuba? There's a lot going on there. The Cuban pro-democracy group Cuba Decide confirmed the disappearance or arrest. They didn't say de- dead, killed. They just disappeared or were arrested. 57 people since protests there have erupted across the island. It started on Sunday night. This wave of protest nationwide affects at least 20 localities from far west Pinar del Rio to Santiago de Cuba, the capital of Oriente province. Reports estimate that thousands took the streets chanting freedom down with communism and other anti-regime slogans. Authorities have not published any official estimates of the number of people protesting and the disparate events nationwide weren't organized by any centralized group, we're told, so no true number of how many Cubans were on the street exist. The Communist Party, of course, the way Communist Parties always do, they responded to the protest by calling for civil war, urging civilians to violently attack anybody participating in protest against the Communist government. Does that sound a little bit familiar to you? An existing party that's in power and when dissidents go out and really get vocal, really get not violent but protesting that stuff that this party in power does, what does this party do? It's not going to lie there and be quiet. It starts telling its core followers, telling them to wage civil war against the civilians who are lashing out against this party that's in government power. Senator Marco Rubio from Florida. He weighed in on this last night with uh, Rush Limbaugh. Once again, this is a report, folks. You don't want to miss this. Rubio, you may you may remember, he is Hispanic himself. Um, he speaks fluent Spanish. He's got a a bunch of Spanish folks and Cuba immigrants in his family. So he's plugged in. Also, Jen Psaki from the White House press podium yesterday. She weighed in on it, and she had an explanation for what is really going on down there and what these dissidents are all about. And according to her, it has nothing to do with the communist government and the fact that they can't get food down there. It's all about one thing. Guess what it is? You're going to hear her tell it. It's COVID, folks.
0: Your daily dose of the truth. TNN. The Truth News Network. TruthNewsNet.org. With FordPass, rewards are just a tap away. Whether it's using rewards points
2: toward things like complimentary maintenance, or for vehicle accessories. And with FordPass, a TAP can also get you 24-7 roadside assistance and lock your vehicle. Only FordPass puts all this in the palm of your hand.
6: FordPass, built to keep you moving. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. (gasps) You can get the claim-free discount, which gives you money off your homeowner's policy if you've been claim-free for three consecutive years. Also applies for three successive years, three years straight, and what's known to insurance fans is to claim-free three-peat. Get a whole lot of something with Farmers Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers.
0: Bum, bum, bum,
1: bum, bum,
6: bum. Now for the legal something.
0: Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers' branded policies
2: subject to terms and conditions underwritten by farmers, truck, or fire insurance exchanges or affiliate.
6: American Ladders and Scaffolds,
3: deal with the experts. Scaffolding, rental, and setup. Installation of truck racks, lear truck caps, tonneau covers, and van shelving. Fall protection. Ladder and scaffold training and inspections. Little giant ladders. Custom access ladders and guardrails for commercial buildings. American Ladders and Scaffolds, delivery everywhere, every day.
4: American Ladders and Scaffolds. We take you higher. We take you higher.
1: that was from i think 1972 steely dan they they came to louisiana tech when we were there really great musicians they weren't of the rock ilk they were kind of uh an easy maybe kind of jazzy maybe not really jazz it's hard to define but one thing about music back then you could understand the words and they all meant something not kind of like that anymore i think you'll agree well, back to business at hand. Yeah, it's really, really bad down there in Cuba right now. And um, before we hear Senator Rubio, it's, I thought it was kind of comical. It's funny to point out that as of Monday afternoon, our American politicians that are all in the tank for Cuba, socialist communism, people on the far left, we have a few like uh, members of the squad, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, and Jamal Bowman, and also Corey—what's her name? Corey Brown, from um, from St. Louis. They're all in the tank, anti-American, and uh, they will never admit to that. But they want socialism. They think communism is the way to go. Now Bernie Sanders falls in that group as well. He's not quite as far left. But as of yesterday, they're not saying anything. I mean crickets with them. So there was a a bunch of videos that came out of Cuba yesterday. few of them were uncovered or reshared by the Reagan battalion. It showed that old Bernie Sanders was praising Cuban dictator Fidel Castro and stating that it is a good thing when people are forced to line up in the streets for food. He spoke at the University of Vermont in 1986, and he recalled his excitement as he was in Cuba as Castro led the revolution. Sanders said, I remember for some reason or another being very excited when Fidel Castro made the revolution in Cuba. I was a kid, I remember that. It just seemed right and appropriate that poor people were rising up against the rich, ugly people. So, where's Sleepy Joe on this? Well, the president issued a statement yesterday, and in his statement he claims to stand with the Cuban people against the repressive regime, but he failed to mention any of the reports of public gang beatings and live fire against unarmed protesters on the part of state security. And this report continued, Biden's comments are a response to an outpouring of opposition to the 62-year-old Castro regime on Sunday that attracted thousands of protesters nationwide. The protesters chanted slogans against the communist dictatorship to demand the end of communism in Cuba and shouted, Freedom! A fact lost on American mainstream outlets falsely claiming the protests were a response to the nation's handling of the Chinese coronavirus pandemic. Your hero... Marco Rubio, in just a second, weigh in on that very thing. They also, by the way, reported Cuban President Miguel Diaz-Canal announced an order of combat Sunday against the pro-democracy protesters urging communist civilians to assault them. So what is really going on down there? And why, oh why or people in our government trying to hide the fact that these people want liberty and freedom. Marco Rubio was with Sean Hannity last night. The, the Castro brothers, this is a murderous,
0: murdering communist dictatorship. It always has been, it, from the very beginning. They stole land, they oppressed people, and they, they none of the promises given to the people were ever fulfilled. That's all, first on the table. You last night had to embarrass. It's 830. Still no word from Joe. It's 1030. Still no word from Joe. And then this tepid, pathetic statement that he sends out today and then his spokespeople at the State Department in the White House lying and saying this is about covid. That was an outright lie, Senator. You forced their hand to even say
8: anything. I don't know why it's so hard for them to criticize Marxists. I, look, I, I do think, and it's pretty clear that there are people out there that aren't saying anything and the president took a whole day to say this. He finally said something. He still left out the word Marxist and communist and socialist. What well, you just described, the murderous nature of the Castro regime. That's the way every Marxist regime has ever been, always. Because Marxism and socialism is built on this. You go to a people and you say, there's this group of good, uh, noble people, and then there's this group of oppressors that is trying to destroy them. Give us the power to crush the oppressors. And if you give us the power, we're going to give you security, we're going to give you a stable economy, we're going to give you all the things you need. But the price of that, of course, is your freedom. So they win. And then what happens? You don't get those things and you don't get your freedom back. And then if you complain about it, they crack your head open. They put you in jail. They exile you or they kill you. And that's what's happening. And that's what happens everywhere all the time. Socialism is about control, about controlling people and every aspect of their lives. And the passion you see in the streets of Miami tonight and in other parts of Florida and the country is people that suffered under that evil, saw their families divided, their lives destroyed, their kids have to go overseas. People never saw their parents before they died because of evil. That's what Marxism is and i wish we had a president and more leaders in congress on the democratic side of the aisle we have a few but not enough willing to say that
0: what ways could the united states help the the people now achieve the goal of liberty and freedom that they want now i know well, americans com- go ahead well, no, no, what, what one can is we do say to help them said?
8: Well, first of all, make it very clear whose side we're on here, OK, the, and, and why they're doing this. People are in the street because they want liberty from Marxism, and we're with them. Number two, make abundantly clear to, to, the, uh, to the regime in Cuba that the Trump policies aren't going to change, because that's what they're hoping is going to come out of this. Well, you see how bad things are here? If only you guys would lift the embargo, if only you guys would eat sanctions, maybe things would be better for the people of Cuba. Come out right now and say, we're done with our review. We're keeping the Trump policies that allow the military to enrich itself at the expense of the people. Number three, make it the top priority of the U.S. government to provide Internet access using satellite technology or whatever we can get our hands on so that the people of Cuba can speak to each other and show the world what's happening inside of Cuba. And the fourth thing that I would do is I would make it abundantly clear to the Castro regime that if you guys threaten us with a mass migration or if you encourage a mass migration like Marielle, like the Rafter Crisis of 94, that is an act of hostility against the United States and we will act accordingly. Those four things have to come across.
1: Pretty plain there. Marco Rubio has people planted in Cuba that he speaks with. He's got family all over South Florida who are immigrants from Cuba and um, even people that are the sons and daughters of those immigrants that came from Cuba when that uh, revolution led by um, Castro way back whenever Fidel Castro, I I think it was in the 60s when that happened, maybe early 70s. No, I think it was the 60s. They were all there, and a bunch of them fled the country and were able to get over here. That's why southern Florida is inhabited by a large block of Cuban nationals. And that means, by the way, I'll just throw this in, there is some of the finest food in America in the Miami area of South Florida. But all this craziness about what's going on in Cuba, it, it, it hasn't been dispelled, although the left have been trying diligently to do it. In the White House briefing room, there were a bunch of reporters that were trying to get information out of Jensaki about the Cuban protest on Sunday. Those protests—they were asking to get out of get out of hand, and what were they doing it for? They asked Saki, and uh, one reporter asked her specifically what the reasons are, and she said there are a range of reasons and voices we are hearing from people on the ground that are protesting. She continued, "Well." the reporter asked for clarification. So when these protesters are yelling freedom and enough, there are people within the administration who think they are saying freedom from rising COVID cases? Her response, there is a global pandemic right now. Most people in that country don't have access to vaccines. That's certainly something we'd love to help them out with, she said. I would say that when people are out there on the street protesting and complaining about the lack of access to uh, economic prosperity, uh, the medical supplies they need to a life they deserve to live, uh, that can take on a range of media. Well, Monday, it was reported the peaceful protesters chanted slogans against the communist regime. As you just heard, Senator... uh, uh, shoot, Senator from Florida, Rubio. He just, he was talking to Sean Hannity. You talked about that. They want to end communism in Cuba. They were shouting freedom, a fact that's been omitted by America mainstream media, falsely asserting, as they are, the protests were a response to the nation's handling of the COVID pandemic and its economic woes, and, of course, not being able to get COVID vaccinations. In other words, trying to ignore the facts of what the people are saying. Everybody down there speaks Spanish. They hear what these people are saying. And COVID-19 and vaccines isn't even being mentioned as a reason. This is not over there, folks. There is going to be a revolution. And it may be bloody. In most cases, things that happen down there have been bloody in their history. We'll keep our eyes on it. But we're always going to be digging to get you the real facts because, unfortunately, what we hear all the time In fact, what we hear much of the time um, is not factual. (laughs) And it's sad, but that means we we have to keep going and digging. So let's move to another part of our world. How about out west? How about out to California? You know, Gavin Newsom, he is under siege there. There is going to be a recall election. We got a little tidbit to tell you about, about this upcoming election. But first, let me tell you what he did yesterday. He actually said he was going to do it on Friday, but it went into into place yesterday. Solar and wind energy, which, of course, the state has attempted to increase because they're pursuing that zero emissions goal. Both of those, solar and wind, are unable to meet the increasing demands and in the failed last August during that big heat wave. They just couldn't do it when there was little wind and skies were overcast over parts of the state. So what did they have to turn to besides that? Well, you and I both know. It's that nasty carbon energy. So the governor signed an extreme heat proclamation. That's a new one on me. Extreme heat proclamation that allows the California Air Resources Board to allow quote-unquote, maximum discretion, which allows the use of generators on land and to let ships in port use auxiliary engines for power rather than connecting to the onshore grid. Oh, that's going to save some energy, right? Well, in addition, he suspended daily average and instantaneous temperature limitations in waste discharge requirements for thermal power plants and he lifted restrictions on the amount of power that a facility may generate as well as air quality rules that prevent the facility from generating additional power during peak demand hours. The Governor he signed an additional document specifically pertaining to auxiliary engines on ships docked in local ports. All this stuff sounds reasonable. I mean, it's something you do in an emergency. And it wouldn't even be noteworthy. We wouldn't even be speaking about it if he, like many other Californians in politics, weren't such sycophants and weren't such just adversaries for fossil fuels, carbon energy. But yet when the chips are down and they need to do something to get away from the fluff that they love to talk about, green energy, and really get some, some steaks with some real meat in them, they just, by default, turn to carbon energy. So let me ask you this. If you're really sold out to green energy and all that it entails, and if you really believe that carbon energy and energy sources from carbon are evil, why don't you turn your back and walk away from them? I mean, if you're really in, are you, are you kind of in? Uh, are you not in at all? Are you in some of the time? Folks, if it's going to be green energy, that means you got to get rid of carbon fuel. you got to get rid of it. Are you at the point where you're legitimately going to try that? You're going to say that? Well, if you are, then you can't keep going back and forth and doing what the governor did here. Well, he has to do that to keep Americans from suffering. Californians just can't do that. We're in the middle of a heat wave. Yeah, you're right. That's part of what we call life. Everything doesn't live in a utopia. Everybody doesn't live in a utopia. There's no such thing as a utopia, and it's foolish and stupid to even try to portray that living a green energy life with no carbon fuel, no carbon energy, it's impossible to do unless you want to live out in the country and not have electricity and not have air conditioning and not have cars because these battery-powered cars don't work if you can't get electricity into them, right? You gotta tear up half the country to get the materials to make the batteries in the first place. This this stuff that they're promoting and doing makes absolutely no sense. There's no justification it's not anything like they say. These wind turbines, let me just point something out. Have you ever been through one of those wind farms? They have them when you're driving from San Francisco over the mountains into central um, Central California. Modesto, Fresno, Bakersfield, on a line. That's uh, Interstate 99. Runs right through the middle, north and south in California. You go by, I mean... Hundreds of these wind turbines. They're massive, folks. Some of them are 100 feet high, and those blades are, gosh, I mean, they're massive. Have you, You've seen them transporting just the blades. It takes a special convoy and an a, a unbelievably long trailer behind uh, a diesel truck to pull those things. They don't last forever. You know that? Those turbines don't last forever. So what do you do with them when... You take them down and replace them. There's no way to get rid of them. You can't cut them up. You can't destroy them. You know what they're doing with them? They're burying them. Which means the materials that go into that that they can't destroy because it's environmentally unsafe to do so, they're in the soil where they're burying them. And metal doesn't really denigrate very quickly underground in nature. (laughs) So They're foisting a lie on us by telling us we need to go that direction. And then, by the way, what if the wind's not blowing? There is no way with solar energy and wind power that we can operate this nation. We can't do it. May we be able to someday? Maybe so. But there is nothing in our lives right now that gives us any assurance that that can even happen, or even if it could happen, that it would happen. We don't know that. And it's... It's idiotic to totally shut down when we had become energy independent from any of the countries in Europe, any of the countries in Asia, any of the countries in the Middle Middle East for energy. October last year is the first time America had been energy independent in decades on Donald Trump's watch. That's the reason why they can't go back to it. They can't swallow the fact that doing so, picking up those Trump policies that made us, it was his policies, folks, that made us energy independent. They can't do that. They can't say they're wrong. Meanwhile, we suffer. And meanwhile, he looks once again like an idiot because he had to go back and say, you know what? We need to use some of that carbon energy, and we're going to do it because it's hot right now. Well, we understand when it gets hot, you got to make some emergency decisions. But if you've been denigrating everybody in the nation that doesn't think like you, what does it make you look like when you do that? Let me tell you how stupid this guy is. And I don't use that word loosely. He's stupid. Listen to what he did. You know, there's a recall election coming up. It's in September. He, Gavin Newsom, the current government, Will not be able to identify himself as a Democrat on the ballot in the recall election. And this was determined yesterday in a court. In filing his official response to that recall effort from February last year, he failed to designate his party as Democrat. So his affiliation's not even gonna be put on the ballot that every Californian looks at. The governor's campaign asked California Secretary of State Shirley Weber to allow the affiliation to appear, but she declined. So then he filed a lawsuit in Sacramento County Superior Court, and the lawsuit was trying to get the court to require all recall ballots to include beside his name the words, party preference, Democrat. The recall election is set for September 14th. Judge James Argelus rejected the governor's request and his reasoning was that circumstances do not justify excuse from the deadline. The law unambiguously precludes party information from appearing on a recall ballot where the elected official fails timely to make the designation. That's what the judge said. Former Olympian Caitlyn Jenner, she's running as a Republican in that recall race, She tweeted this out after that decision. I'm thrilled that the rule of law prevailed. Joining this lawsuit was the first step of finally breaking down politics as usual in Sacramento, where special interest and political cronies are placed above the good of the people, she added. The end is near for Gavin Newsom. We'll keep our eyes on that and tell you what comes out of it. But that's that's a pretty big thing. Two really big Gavin Newsom faux pas there. One, he had to swallow deeply and just go ahead and say, ah, we got to use some carbon energy and it's going to be okay because we say it's okay. And because we're the elites in this nation and we know more than anybody else, we can when we choose, we can just say we need to do this and just go do it. It doesn't matter that if it spits in the face of everything that we so-called support regarding green energy and its necessity. And because... We don't care about what our president, Joe Biden, did when he canceled the XL pipeline, putting all those working-class people on the street without jobs. Most of them still don't have those green energy jobs that Jen Psaki verified Joe Biden said that those people could go get immediately. They don't have them. That's okay. They, they you know, They have to do that, and the president has to do that in the name of green energy. Why wouldn't the president—excuse me, he'd like to be the president— but he's not. He's the governor of California. Why wouldn't he feel the same thought process is necessary for people in his state? They should suffer. It's not our fault that it's going to get hot in California. There's going to be a heat wave there. If you live in South Louisiana, if you live anywhere in Louisiana and parts of Texas, you're going to get hot. I mean, you're going to be in the hundred degree range. It's supposed to get up to 97 degrees where I am tomorrow. I don't care who you are, it's pretty hot when it's 97 and when you have a relative humidity that will probably be about 90% here in Louisiana tomorrow, it's really going to be hot. So what do we do? Well, we turn the air conditioner up. (laughs) We don't go outside as much. It's common sense and they refuse to accept common sense. So have you noticed here of late, Have you looked around and wondered what's going on in the world of medicine? What about our pandemic? What about our vaccination stuff? Have you noticed the mainstream media have just let it slide? I mean, they're not even talking about it. You haven't heard anything. I think we saw Fauci over the weekend on some of the talk shows. And um, he popped out one new idea. Did you hear about it? About a mandate. Fauci is actually floating a government COVID-19 mandate, a government mandate. We'll listen to Jen Psaki talk about it and how she feels the question in the press briefing yesterday.
2: Does President Biden agree with Dr. Fauci that at the local level, there should be more vaccine mandates?
4: Well, I don't have the full context of Dr. Fauci's comments in front of me, but I will say that- I do have it. Oh, go ahead. Let's hear it.
2: He said, I've been of this opinion and I remain of that opinion that I do believe at the local level, Jake, there should be more mandates. There really should be. We're talking about a life and death situation. We've lost 600,000 Americans already and we're still losing more people.
4: Well, I would say first from the federal government, I, if I remember the context of the question, it was about federal mandates, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that's not a decision that we are making. That's not a, uh, that is not um, our intention uh, from the federal government. There will be decisions made by private sector entities, by uh, universities, uh, by educational institutions, and even perhaps by local Uh, local leaders, uh, should they decide, that is how to keep their community safe. If they decide to make that decision, we certainly support them in that step.
2: The President said on March 11th, my message to you is this, listen to Dr. Fauci. Is he now saying don't listen to Dr. Fauci? Uh, He doesn't agree?
4: (laughs) Welcome back. Um, I would say that uh, what what Dr. Fauci was conveying is that there will be decisions made by local leaders, just like there will be decisions made by business leaders, by institutional leaders, on how they can keep their community safe. And we support their right to make those decisions.
1: We've been warning you from the beginning. We've been sending up the red flag, not screaming and hollering and saying, you know what, they're going to mandate we all take this vaccine, one or two or three or four different ones, AstraZeneca's vaccination is not allowed here. The FDA hasn't put it on its emergency vaccination list yet. So the top three. They're going to be mandated. They're going to try to shove this down our throats. And it's going to if anything else doesn't this will cause a civil war in the United States. And when I say civil war I mean people getting guns out and going after the government. This is what The first part of the Second Amendment was referencing when it was passed because Americans back then, they had to go to arms to get their liberty away from their government. It was the government of England. And they wanted freedom from the egregious things that were being shoved down the throats of people who lived here by the people across the big pond. And they did it, folks. The Revolutionary War Did just that. It wasn't about one thing. It was about a number of things, but it was overarched by one big process. We control everything. That was the government. Now, let me tell you about this pending, looming vaccination requirement. Saki just floated that out there. She made it very clear oh, we're not going to instigate it at the federal level. Well, we're not talking about instigating it at the federal level. But as local authorities determine what they can do and what they will do on a local basis to keep their, their uh, citizens safe from COVID, we're going to support them. So what that message that was being sent actually is saying is, if you decide that you want to mandate vaccines in your village, your town, your city, your state, we're going to support you. Did you read that? Did you, did you get that? That's what she's saying. Make no mistake about it. And Fauci floated it out there first and she just picked it up and carried it. Have you noticed any time Peter Ducey of Fox news, asks her a question in these press briefings, if it's something she really doesn't want to get into, she always starts her answer by saying, well, I've not talked to the president in detail about that one thing. It happens every time he asks a question is she who's supposed to be the spokesperson for the entire Biden administration almost every time, every one of these press briefings, once or twice or even three or four times when she's asked a question, she defers to that. I've not spoken to the president. I've not spoken to the president. I'm going to infer what I think he meant, but she won't put him out there. Is that more of protecting a cognitive declining political official, or is that a process by which they can fade and defer when they're asked questions? I don't know. But when two and two add up and they don't equal four, something's wrong. In 1986, folks, in 1986, members of Congress were very concerned about the government intruding into the lives of Americans regarding health and health care information, and medical records. So there was a massive omnibus bill. Omnibus means it's a catch-all where they include a bunch of really important things. In 1986, there was a bill in Congress that was to be passed. And they wanted a bunch of members of Congress, saw they'd been pressured by um, American medical workers around the nation, that medical records are supposed to be kept secret, they're supposed to belong to the patient only, and it's the patient's life that is involved in it, and that only the patient should be able to do things and make choices and decisions in conjunction with their chosen medical professionals. So they passed, as part of that omnibus bill, it's a balanced budget act was the bill. That was the, it was about that. A big section, and you hear this term used all the time, HIPAA. That's where HIPAA came from. And it legally laid out the method of the transmission and the government's power or lack of power regarding Americans' individual medical life's information conditions, etc. And it made it very clear the decisions about all of that cannot be done by anybody that is not authorized by that person specifically in writing that gives anybody else authority to have any type of access to any of it. Now, what are you bringing this up for, Dan? By law, current law, if they come to me and ask me, have you been vaccinated, show me your medical records that that prove that, they can't do it. They can't force me to get a vaccination under current law. They can't force you to come forward and say, yes, I have, or no, I haven't. And it's none of their business. If they want to prevent you from doing something based on that, they can do that, but they need to know doing it, that they're violating federal law and they could be held accountable for that. Now, when you're the 900 pound gorilla in the room and you already control all those things that these Americans want to do or be a part of, and you can just stop them from doing it. And you know, they're not going to spend the fortune that you would have, you would be willing to spend as the government to go to court and take the court, the uh, state up on that. So that may be your reasoning, but that is exactly what the colony colonial Americans did and the purpose for their doing it when they got involved in the Revolutionary War to win their freedom because they wanted to be totally free from the unilateral incursions into every area of their lives by the government just because the government said they could. I know that's a long way, but you need to understand that's what's going on behind the scenes in our lives right now. They want to be able to force everybody to get vaccinated. So listen, it, it, nothing they do is just a one-off thing. They're not thinking just about a COVID-19 vaccination. They're thinking about down the road. What freedoms, what liberties are we going to allow them to take away? I mean, right now, they have the ability to look at every email, uh, email that you write, every telephone conversation you have. They're not doing it legally. They're not supposed to do it. But we find out every day that NSA, the FBI, They're listening into our telephone conversations. They're hacking our email accounts. They're doing it in the name of national security. They have no authority to do it. And of course, Congress was talked into creating a real secret court system, and it was done to make us feel good that our government's not going to be able to tap our phones and look at our private communications unless this court, the FISA court, authorizes them to do it and the process is the government has to take factual evidence of information now not the actual evidence but they've got to go in and swear an oath and file documents that say here's what we have about this person and for the purposes of national security we need to be able to surveil them well the way it's been working is these crazies from the department of justice and they're crazies folks They think they're so powerful they don't have to be accountable to anybody, especially not the laws they swore to uphold. They'll lie. They did throughout the Mueller report. James Comey, the FBI director, his assistant director, they signed off on warrant applications that went to the FISA court. They purposely misrepresented things, and they got authorization from the FISA court to surveil people affiliated with Donald Trump. That's already happening. Don't think that was the only time in government that that occurred. It's occurring right now. I guarantee you there are people that are looking into others' business that have no legal authority to do it, but they're getting people in the government to crack the door to give them access. Let me tell you firsthand how I know it. I won't go into names, but I have a friend that I met through this exact thing, who is very powerful at the top of the intelligence community of the United States. And I found out he surveils some of my phone calls. And it's a practice that's been going on for a long time. Not just him, but across the government. Did, did they go get a FISA warrant? No. No. But it's happening. Why is it happening? Because the government wants it to happen. So do you want to know what's going on in COVID world? <laughs> when we come back, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to another part of the world, an important part of the world, and we're giving you a look-see behind their COVID curtain that could be eerily similar to ours, and it could be that we don't know about it here in the United States. That's next.
0: The I'm
3: crazy hungry so she's gotta be too. Slide through the Mickey D's drive-thru to get a Big Mac. Right after I order her quarter pounder with cheese, because I don't know everything, but I do know
2: when my girl's feeling. Hangry Meal. Get it at McDonald's when you buy one of your faves. Like the Big Mac, quarter pounded with cheese, 10-piece chicken McNuggets, or filet of fish And get another for just a dollar. Prices and participation may
6: vary. Valid on item of equal or lesser value. Hi, Tom Bodette. Motel 6's new improved website lets you book a room and save more for what you travel for faster than ever. Even faster than you can find your keys, which you swore were right on the little hooky thing by the garage door where they always are. And we can land a robot on a comet, but we can't keep keys from disappearing. Oh, here they are. Left them in my jacket. Don't you hate that? I'm Tom Bodette for the new improved motel 6.com and we'll leave the light on for you.
2: doubt you've heard about this subliminal seduction nonsense. You know, commercials that are supposed to have hidden messages in them. Well, Baron Baron Saloon denies any use of this so-called mind control. After all, Barron's is seductive enough as it is. Get in your car and come right now. What with a 16-page dinner menu crammed with delectable items. You're starting to salivate. 30 dinner items under $5. Keep out, big and a happy hour that lasts from 4 till 8 p.m. Sex. Obviously, Barron's has that rare combination of good food. Take out your wallet. Good fun. Give it your money. And good prices. Give us your cash. So let's put this subliminal seduction nonsense to rest. Nobody can do your thinking for you. Come to Barron's. You either want to come to Barron's. You do, you do. Or you don't. But boy, oh boy, you do, you do. Barons, Airport and South Academy. <laughs>
0: Getting tired of only spin while looking for just the news? No spin, just truth. Read and hear it every day on TNN, the Truth
1: News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. Just the truth, just the truth. Speaking of that, the chief scientist of Indonesia's state-owned pharmaceutical company, Biopharma, died on July 7th. At age 50, suspected to be the result of COVID-19. Also, 131 more health workers died in the last month and a half from the virus. Most of them vaccinated with the Chinese drug Sinovac. In addition, between February and June, another 818 health workers died, including 20 nurses, 10 doctors who had received two doses of the Pfizer vaccine. State Enterprise Minister Eric Thor commented she was lead scientist and head of dozens of clinical trials done by BioPharma, including COVID-19 vaccine clinical trials, in cooperation with this company, Sinovac. She added about the vaccine, it's been produced and injected into tens of millions of people in Indonesia as part of our effort to be free from this COVID-19 pandemic. The high rate of infections there in people inoculated with this experimental drug raises serious doubts about the adequacy of the procedure that's been used. The Indonesian Medical Association Deputy Head told Parliament this, There are many doctors and health workers who have been vaccinated twice but have suffered medium and severe symptoms or even died. Indonesia is the world's fourth most populous nation, and the vaccination rate is 1.6%, and that is done almost entirely with Chinese vaccines. Given the uncertainty about the protection these vaccines are giving them, countries such as Turkey and the UAE that use them have already begun administering booster vaccines because of this concern. So that's going on over there. What else is happening? Well, here in our United States, the CDC published data yesterday that showed 9,049 deaths across across all age groups because of COVID vaccines, an increase of more than 2,000 in one week. Folks, this is not people getting COVID-19 and dying. This is people that are getting it to keep from getting COVID-19 and are dying after they get the vaccination. Let's break it down. Between December 14th in 2020 and June 18th this year, a total of 387,087 total adverse events were recorded to VAERS which is the reporting system at the CDC. Actual public data available, we give it to you all the time there. It includes 6,113 deaths. That's an increase of 120 deaths, according to data released on June 18. There were also 31,240 severe trauma reports. Besides, 316.1 million CCP virus vaccine doses had been delivered here in the United States as of June 18th. Think about that. 316.1 vaccines. Now, many of those were doubled, the second shots. There were 131 million shots of Moderna's vaccine, 173 million doses of Pfizer's, and 12 million doses of J&J's virus vaccine. So according to data released yesterday, 438,441 total adverse events were reported. These are the ones that were reported, folks. Not all of them get reported. And that includes 9,048 deaths, an increase of 2,063 over one week. Now extrapolate that out, folks. 2,000 a week, you got 52 weeks. That's more than 100,000 annualized deaths that have been reported CDC itself said the VAERS report numbers are far understated of the reality they've always maintained that they've been running this report publishing this report on their website since 1990 when they first began to do flu vaccines every vaccine is included in these numbers these are only however the COVID stats. As of July 2nd, 329 million doses of the COVID vaccine have been delivered in the U.S. 329 million. There were 134 million doses of Moderna's, 182 million of Pfizer's, 13 million of J&J. The overall vars data for all age groups this week, let me just give you the top few of them that contributed to death cardiac disorders were responsible for 22% of them 50% of those who died were male 45% female 74.2 was the average age of death as of July 2nd 2678 pregnant women had reported covid vaccine related adverse events 994 of them reporting miscarriage Pfizer Vaccines were blamed for 60% of the 4,456 cases of Bell's palsy reported. Moderna blamed for 39% and J&J's for 7%. The list goes on and on and on. 8,000 reports of blood clotting disorders. There's something not right out there, folks. There's something not right. You don't die in mass when you get a vaccination against a disease. There's never been anything like this happen in our history. And yet, our federal government does nothing. They don't even talk about it. It's like if you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. Meanwhile, on their watch, they're watching and letting people continue to get, they're encouraging people to continue to get these vaccines. And none of these vaccines, not one, has been through the normal demanded by the FDA adult and other types of human trials over an extended period of time to get the facts, to be able to talk about the adverse effects that happened with them and to be able to make really educated decisions. They just threw all that out the window. Your government is responsible for every one of these deaths. That's a hard thing to say, but it is a fact, folks. And let me illustrate how stupid this is. Yesterday, the FDA said it's going to add a warning label to Johnson & Johnson's vaccine, and the warning label is going to say that it's linked to a rare neurological disorder known as, and I can't even say the name, but it's abbreviated GBS while Johnson & Johnson confirmed it's in discussions with federal agencies about this. The FDA is announcing revisions to the vaccine recipient and vaccination provider fact sheets for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine to include information pertaining to an observed increased risk of GBS following vaccination. The benefits of the vaccine outweigh the risk. That's what the FDA says. Now, not so much for the person who gets afflicted with GBS. That determination was made based on an analysis of vaccine adverse event reporting, which found there have been 100 preliminary reports following vaccination with the JNJ vaccine after approximately 12.5 million doses were administered. Of those reports, 95 were serious and required hospitalization. Now think about it, only 95 out of 12.5 million. That's not too bad, is it? Unless you're one of the 95. As of now, the FDA said, available data suggests there is an association between the J and J vaccine and an increased risk of GBS. But it's insufficient to establish a casual relationship. This is crazy. It's kind of like, you know, we know people are going to get it and get hurt and have problems, and we know a bunch of them are going to die, but you know what? You got to take one for the team sometimes, and it just may be giving up your life. And so to make sure that everybody wants to play the game, we're not going to tell you about it until after the fact. We're not going to tell you, hey, you know what? This is still an emergency situation. We've not approved this vaccination, any of them. They have been approved no place on earth. They've been approved only for emergency use. And your doctor is supposed to be part of that process. And that's even been taken away. The federal government's even done that. You can drive up and get one in the arms sitting in your car They don't know who you are, what your comorbidity situation is, whether you have diabetes, extremely overweight, heart problems. They don't know any of that. Don't worry about it. You're probably not going to die. You're probably not going to get real sick. But if you don't get your shot, it's almost certain you're going to die from COVID. That's the impression they've painted, and that's a lie. More than 90% of the people across the board, 17 and under, you know what the chances of, even if you get COVID-19, what the chances of a 17-year-old are that he's going to die? Less than one-tenth of one-hundredth of a percent. You're far better. Your body on its own is going to create antibodies far better than some vaccine that's mechanized They even tell you it is. You hear this term being floated around now, MRNA, MR, you know what that stands for? Manufactured RNA. Manufactured, which means somebody did it, made it in a test tube, and it hadn't even been tested in clinical trials. Yeah, they did just a short time with a, a small number of people, enough so the FDA would push it out there, right? There's too much out there that is unknown to take a chance with your life. So, as we told you and we talked about a bit ago, this vaccine mandate, I'm I'm positive it's coming our way. I really feel strongly that it is. So, again, we go back to that uh, press conference where Peter Ducey of Fox News was trying to get an answer out of Jen Psaki. The White House's position on not interfering in local government rules, that comes to the forefront, and it was pointed out specifically on Sunday on CNN when Fauci says he believes the coronavirus is a serious business, and nobody's saying it's not, but Fauci and company, they keep acting like everybody's saying, oh, you know, we're not going to get involved in this, it's not serious, we're going to take a chance, we're going to roll the dice. So Fauci floated the idea out there on Sunday on CNN. Maybe um, local governments need to start mandating vaccines. Why are we having a red states and places in the South that are very highly ideological in one way, not wanting to get vaccinations? Vaccinations have nothing to do with politics, he said. Well, he's made them. He's the one that has put that out there in politics. He got into politics. He's the COVID-19 czar in the United States. It's a public health issue, he said. It doesn't matter who you are. The virus doesn't know whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, or an Independent. And yet there's that divide of people wanting to get vaccinated and not wanting to get vaccinated, which is really unfortunate because it's losing lives. He said on March 11th, seems like a lifetime ago, that Americans should listen to Dr. Fauci. This is Biden saying this. Listen to Dr. Fauci, one of the most distinguished and trusted voices in the world. He has assured us the vaccines are safe. Don't you just feel warm and fuzzy because old Tony, he's got our back. And he's only told us the truth. I mean, I mean, he is a truth speaker. He's given us nothing but facts. He's taken care of Keeping us safe, making sure we know all the right things and that we do all the right things. And that's what it's all about. That's what professionals are supposed to tell us. That's what experts are supposed to give to us. If you've not gotten a vaccine, let me just say this, if you've not gotten it, and you're contemplating it. It's a good thing to contemplate. Investigate, find out all the good and the bad, and make a decision based upon what you determine based on the resources you turn to. What's best for you? Don't let somebody shame you into doing this until you're confident. Big stuff happening in Texas, the Democrats, they left town, they're in DC.
4: That's next.
0: Real Truth, Real News, TNN. The Truth News Network.
4: Morning, face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Good
0: morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is uh, that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda,
9: from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, that went in my eyes. Moving.
4: It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off Ikea salt and mattresses. Ikea, love your home.
9: Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with sun-made snacks, just like when you were a kid. Remember their naturally sweet raisins? Yup, still delicious. In store Sunmade's other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and Sunmade's new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious, all made with whole fruit. Sunmade snacks.
1: song is called No More Cloudy Days. It's from the Eagles' last album they put together. Great song, great, great album. Check it out. Hey, anyway, back to business at hand. Before we get to the Texas story and the Texas state legislature, President Biden, he just continues to open his mouth and stick his foot in it. And he does so most of the time he does it when he really doesn't have to do it. Are you familiar with no-compete agreements, what they are? It's when a company brings in an employee, and usually it comes this way. They're going to invest a lot of money in this employee. They're going to be in a specialized job. It's going to take a long time to educate them on the specifics of the job, to get them up to speed, and then give them a lot of authority to come in and be a management person at some level. So... Those no compete clauses that people, in many cases, are required to sign to get a to get a job, that particular job, those jobs are usually higher level jobs in an organization, and so you can't leave and go to to that company's competitor. So it's a no compete clause. It's 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 very significant in that it uh, it keeps companies from being robbed, basically from their best resources by their competitors. If you live in a right-to-work state, on the most part, no-compete clauses are not allowed to be uh, executed and enforced in these conversations when they come up. Joe Biden. Now, remember this, Joe has never been in the private sector. He's always been in politics, and he knows very little about business other than he thinks he knows a lot about business. Biden explained... The evils of no-compete agreements. And it's easy to understand what he's talking about. Here's the president. How We're going to do this before we go to Texas. Here's Joe.
3: Workers should be free to take a better job if someone offers it. If your employer wants to keep you, he or she should have to make it worth your while to stay. That's the kind of competition that leads to better wages and greater dignity of work. Look, I'm not going to go into it now, but I used to you know there's non-compete clauses or people running um, uh, the machines that lay down asphalt. If in fact you uh, get offered a job and you have a you know you're in uh, Arkansas doing it, a lot of specific examples you can't take a job in West Texas to do it. What in the hell does that have to do with anything? No, I'm serious. Where there were clauses in McDonald's contracts, you can't leave Burger King to go to McDonald's. Come on, is there a trade secret about what's inside that patty? <laughs> no, but I'm serious. You—I don't know whether you do know. <coughs> I didn't know till five years ago. The incredible number of non-compete clauses for ordinary people who are done for one reason—to keep wages low. Oh.
1: Period. The only reason, according to Joe, that an employer uses a no-compete clause is to keep wages low. It's exactly the opposite of the facts. And, folks, all those things that you heard, the screaming in the microphone, the, the electronic glitch, that's that's Joe doing it at a podium. He instigated every bit of that. And I love it when he does this. He's talking, and he goes like this. Doesn't he understand professionalism? is a huge part of communication, and you learn how to speak to people in public and how to do it on a microphone, he has no clue. And folks, at one time in his career, he was one of the better spokespersons in the United States Senate. He could give a great speech. Now, I'm not necessarily speaking of the uh, the, the legitimacy of the things that he said, but he was really good at making speeches. It's like he's lost his mind in the mechanics of it, but then talking about the substance of it, I got to be honest with you. I would bet a hundred dollars that nobody can show me a no complete uh, compete clause in a contract for somebody that is putting down asphalt paving. That just don't happen. I know it's a hard job, but it's not a hard job to learn, and it's certainly not hard to find somebody else to come do it. He even talked about flipping burgers and talked about not going from state to state with a no-compete? Yes, you can. State laws, labor laws are different from state to state. He has no clue what he's talking about in that regard. And everything he said was absolutely false. Yet, nobody, nobody in the mainstream media will even confront him for the fallacies that he's putting out in the marketplace. They're just accepting everything. Interesting, isn't it? So what's happening in Texas? Well, those Democrats, you know, the ones in the U.S. Uh, in the Texas Senate, they walked out when the special session was underway, and uh, the government called the special session because in the regular session, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives in Texas passed several voter reform bills, and they, of course, were supposed to go over to the Senate for the Senate to debate them and and then take a vote on them, and um, then the governor was going to sign them into law. The Democrats walked out of the regular session. They wouldn't even discuss it or vote in the Senate on those bills at the end of the regular session. So Governor Abbott, he called a special session that uh, began yesterday, and on the agenda were all three, I think it's three of these bills, these voter reform bills. Well, guess what the Democrats did? They hopped on a charter jet. Democrats from the Texas Senate hopped on a charter jet flying to Washington, D.C. And guess what they were going to D.C. to do? To protest Republican integrity law efforts by stating the legislators will be arrested on return, the governor said. They went up there. They... told everybody they had a bunch of beer on the charter jet it, that was just leaked but they told everybody they were going up to meet with president biden to get him to destroy the filibuster in the senate so they could get hr1 passed so it would be nationwide and they wouldn't have to deal with this crazy republican governor and those crazy voter suppression laws that the republicans want to pass in the state of texas i must say this one more time listen closely Will somebody, I don't care from which state, I don't care what information, I just want somebody to pull out of, let's say the big one, the first one to get past, Georgia. The one that prompted the Major League Baseball to pull the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star game out of Atlanta because of that horrible voter bill that was signed into law. And they sent it out to Colorado who has worse voter suppression, laws to stop voter suppression, than does this new Georgia law. That's another story. That was the first one. Nobody will step up, including Stacey Abrams, that is the one that led Major League Baseball, to cancel that game in her state, Atlanta, Georgia, and send it to Colorado. Nobody will step up and give the specific sections of any of these bills that are put forward that actually suppress voters. And it's becoming more and more obvious this is a slight on African Americans. They're being used as a a ploy to justify fighting these voter reform laws simply because it's an insult. It's suppressing African American voters. And far more than 50% of the people polled that are African American in the nation They believe voter law security, and even specifically these bills that are before these legislatures around the nation, should be passed and signed into laws. They want their votes to count. They believe governments are changing and making opportunities to cast ballots Even more so and more easily than they were before. Do you know there was never any mail in balloting? There were never any drop boxes in any of these states before COVID 19. Those drop boxes were put in around the nation to accommodate voters during the pandemic. Georgia, in the new law, they made those permanent to make it easier for everybody. They gave longer voting hours. Texas's laws that are being proposed do the exact same things. So Abbott said as soon as they come back to the state of Texas, they're going to be arrested. They'll be cabined inside the Texas Capitol until they do their job. Everybody who has a job's got to show up to do that job, just like viewers on television shows are watching right now. State representatives have the same responsibility. He said that the Speaker of the Texas House, Dade Phelan, a Republican, can issue a call to have those members arrested. Phelan, who was elected Speaker on January 12th this year, issued a statement yesterday only saying he expects all members to be president in our Capitol in order to immediately get to work on election integrity. Abbott kept pressing the withdrawn Democrats by stating he's going to continue to call a special session after special session after special session all the way up until election time next year. And so if these people want to be hanging out wherever they're hanging out on this taxpayer-paid junket, they're going to have to be prepared to do it for well over a year, Abbott warned them. Yesterday, pictures showing several smiling, maskless, Texas Democrats on a plane leaving Texas to stunt election integrity efforts in the state, which would have placed additional restrictions on voting by mail and creating new ID requirements and expanding the freedoms for partisan poll watchers. Abbott said on the 2nd of June that one of the primary things we sought to achieve was to address flaws as well as the possibility for cheating in our mail-in balloting process. The voter law in the state of Texas is far more accommodative and provides far more hours to vote than it does in President Biden's home state of Delaware, where he voted in the last election, where they offer exactly zero early voting days. Nobody's talking about voter suppression in Delaware. Do you no know black people live there? There are no minority people there. There are no people that live out in the country where, according to our vice president, there's no Kinkos or FedEx. If there's any voter suppression taking place in the nation, the easier allegation is to say that voter suppression is taking place in Delaware, not in Texas, says the governor. Oh, my gosh. This stuff, it just gets worse and worse and worse. I don't understand how they think that a majority of Americans are just going to fall in line and believe the drivel they spew every day. It just makes absolutely no sense. Now, let's bring in another conundrum. So we're going green energy. That's where everybody wants us to go. We want to go to solar energy and battery-powered cars, right? Well, let me ask you this. Where do the batteries for these cars come from? Where do these new green energy vehicles, where are the majority of them made? Well, you're going to say Tesla. And, of course, General Motors and Ford, they have models that are out, that are electric, right? Half of the battery-powered vehicles that are made on the globe Half of them come from China. (laughs) Half of them come from China. A huge amount of retired batteries could bring disastrous environmental problems and explosive pollution to the world, folks. This is according to the Chinese state-owned media, Xinhua. According to Xinhua, Just the cumulative retired batteries numbers in China will have reached 200,000 tons in 2020 and will grow to 780,000 tons by 2025. More than half of the retired batteries are not recycled in proper channels but are snapped up by unqualified small factories that don't invest much in environmental protection, the report says. So generally, the service life of a new energy vehicle batteries is about five to eight years. And when the batteries are retired, if they're not properly disposed of, they're going to bring disastrous pollution to wherever they are, the environment there. Right here in my, t- my city, Shreveport, Louisiana, out on I-20, if you've been east and west on 20 through Louisiana, you, you drove right past the former Ford battery plant, right there on I-20. They shut it down over a decade ago. And do you know there is so much lead in the soil there, several different companies have come through and tried to figure out a way to put a location there, tear it up and put it. They can't even dig deep enough into the earth. It would take a major excavation. And then they say there's really no assurance that they're gonna be environmentally safe if they put that there. Batteries, folks. Batteries. And so if they're not disposed of, no matter how hard you try, you're going to have pollution. Professor Wu Feng at Beijing Institute of Technology told Chinese media, Zhenhua, a 20-gram cell phone battery can pollute three standard swimming pools of water, and if abandoned on the land, it can pollute one square kilometer of land for 50 years. A cell phone battery so you compare that cell phone battery think about the batteries of these large new energy vehicles and what they're gonna do when they're used up batteries contain heavy metals such as cobalt manganese nickel which don't degrade on their own manganese for example pollutes the air water and soil and more than 500 micrograms per cubic meter in the air can cause manganese poisoning. In 2010, there was a drinking water emergency in Guangdong province, China, when the manganese in the drinking water exceeded standard safe levels. Another source of pollution, lithium-ion batteries, and they contain an electrolyte. The lithium electrolyte is easily hydrolyzed hydrolyzed in the air and produces phosphorus, hydrogen hydrogen fluoride, and other harmful substances, which is a major threat to soil and water sources. So where does all this go? Have you heard a single environmentalist talk about this? Come on, folks. If there's any legitimacy in any type of, of real push for safety in any way. It requires exhaustive research to come up with the goods, the bads, the worst possibilities, the best probabilities before you ever make a decision to go that way. This did not happen among any of these green energy sycophants that are pushing us to do away with 100%, all gone, carbon energy. Destroy it and go straight to this stuff? And I promise you, long term, this will create and cause more pollution in the world than any carbon energy product does today. This is fact, folks. This is happening right now. More than half of the energy battery-powered vehicles on Earth are produced in China. They've been doing this and dealing with this now. This is their investigation and their results that they're getting. Are we listening to it? Have you heard anybody talk about it till today? No. You hadn't heard a beep. That's a wrap on the day, folks. Boy, it ended quickly. We still got stuff to talk about. We'll carry it over. The good stuff, the really important stuff, but I promise you this. The air... <laughs> The news world is going to be full with a whole bunch of new stuff. Every 24-hour news cycle when it turns over, I mean, it just starts and fills up pretty quickly. Important things. Until then, you have a great Tuesday. Find a way sometime today to stop and breathe deep. Take a few minutes. Drink a Diet Coke or a cup of coffee and just enjoy your life. See you tomorrow. Have a good one.